Welcome to season six of the Life Giver Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your marriage and home. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm a military spouse, clinician, and advocate. And I'm bringing topics that I hear from the service community and counseling room to the podcast. This season, we're talking about what it means to be strong in body, mind, and spirit. And I'm giving you the challenge of rising above your circumstances to become the best version of you. So grab a cup of coffee or head out for that run. We have a lot to talk about. Welcome to the Life Your Podcast. This is your host, Corey Weathers. It is August 16th as we are recording this, and I have my amazing, lovely, good friend, Krista Anderson, with me today. And I've been talking about having Krista on for a while. She and I have talked about it a lot with this um, season six being about stronger and overcoming um, adversity in your life. Um, I knew from the beginning that I needed to have Krista on the podcast. She has an incredible story, but today we are not even 24 hours into, um, getting out of Afghanistan and the embassy being cleared. And there are so many feelings, um, that are happening today. I know Krista has, um, had a lot of people reach out to her and I as well. And, um, I think the 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 general request, I'm Krista, I'm going to give you a chance to just kind of um, tell your story a little bit, but I don't know about you, but the general request that I'm getting that kind of prompted today's conversation and the reason why I wanted to do just a quick series um, on Afghanistan um, is, is everybody is being impacted by um, their time there. A lot of our service members, their time there. Um, the experiences that they've had there. And then you've got families and spouses that have their own set of feelings based off of our life of the last 20 years and how much of that has been tied to Afghanistan. And then there's just, there's just so many feels out there right now. And I just knew having a conversation with you, it definitely always casts perspective for me in my life. Um, and I know that that will be meaningful, um, for everyone to hear from you as well. So. Krista, welcome to the podcast. Um, thank you for being such an incredible friend in my life. Um, Krista has an incredible story of loss, um, but don't let that sway you in listening to today because the reason why I also wanted her originally on the podcast is because she also has an incredible story of joy and love and coming back from that loss. And I know that everything that's happening in Afghanistan definitely impacts her and her heart and her boys hearts as well. Um, and her husband Gus today. And, um, and so what we're going to do today is we're just going to actually have a conversation. We didn't script this out. We didn't even plan talking points. We don't even have an outline. I mean, this is generally just us talking and processing this out because I have a feeling there are those of you that need this as well. And, and I think you also need to hear, um, Chris's perspective because some of you are wondering what to, um, do with your gold star spouses, um, your gold star wives, your gold star mothers. Um, and there's just a lot of feelings. So Krista, I'm going to just go straight to you. Um, your husband, Mike, um, passed away, I think it was 2013, correct. And you were there with him in Germany when he passed away. And so why don't we, and you are now married to Gus. Uh, There's a whole story there that I want us to get to, and also sharing kind of your feelings of, of what you're going through right now. So let's just jump in. Krista, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you start off with just kind of sharing a little bit about Mike? Oh, thank you. Um, Mike came from a, a military family. He actually started his, his military career in the old guard, um, and had an opportunity to do president Reagan's internment. 
So it gives you an idea of, of when he was there and, um, and just the honor that he was able to, um, he just was so honored to just be a part of that unit. And, um, it's interesting. I, I spoke once at, um, the USO Metro created this beautiful honor guard lounge, um, for all of the, the members of the honor guard at Fort Myer. And I got to speak at their, uh, ribbon cutting, if you will. And they said, you know, this was our first home as the USO Metro. This is our first home. I said, Oh, it was Mike's first home too. And his last, you know, cause he's buried in Arlington national cemetery. And it was, um, there's no place I'd, I'd want him to be. There's no place I think I know that he would um, want to be. And so he he went on and he he was part of the infantry. He was part of the striker brigade and then moved on to um, special forces and um, ending his career, um, his army career with 1st Special Forces Group, 4th Battalion, Charlie Company. And um, he was a incredible husband and father he was um and continues to be i think i mean husband for me in a different way of course <laughs> definitely looks different but he continues to be an incredible father because his um his life um is an example to our boys always and we always talk about about um about how how that can empower them in the future. Um, and he was a man of God and, and believed that everything happens for a reason, that it's his plan and not ours. So um, that certainly brings a lot of peace. Um, and you definitely have a whole uh, mission to bring, I think, that piece to other people. You do so much talking now about um, how to get things in order and how to get um, preparations in order. And, and so many of us don't even want to talk about that or think about that. And and I'm so thankful for your mission because it's something that um, most Americans don't even think of, to have a will even, right? But right. our military culture, we just live a different lifestyle, right? And so mm -hmm. you've had such an opportunity to even encourage people and your message, I tell you this all the time, your, your best message, your biggest message is that... Um, you were able to go through that grief and it doesn't mean that it doesn't hit you like waves hitting a toddler sometimes, right? Still, mm -hmm. even some, what are we, eight years later? Mm -hmm. um, but you've done such an amazing job not building a house in that grief, but allowing that grief to shape you and grow you and stretch you even in, as you parent your boys. Um, tell everybody a little bit about Gus um, and you're married to Gus now and, and Gus knew Mike. So share a little bit about that um, before we get into Afghanistan and what that means to you and all of that. Mm. Um, I met Gus after their company came back from the deployment in 2013. Um, Mike was on a new team. And so I, I had only met a few of them before they deployed. And, uh, and I would have family dinners on Sunday. I mean, I would text at one o'clock and say family dinner at four and 50 people would show up. It was incredible. The community, you know, there's nothing like our military community when it, when it feels, um, to make you feel like you're not alone. I think, um, even though in those times 
I could be in a room of a thousand people and still feel alone. Um, you know, physically everybody was there, everybody showed up and they weren't afraid of me either, which was such a gift, Mm -hmm. you know, um, even those six months that, um, that the company was, you know, in Afghanistan fighting the spouses showed up and they weren't afraid of me and they brought their, you know, just raw authentic selves and would say things that they're like, I can't believe I just said that to you, but (laughs) you know, and I loved it because I wanted to hear what they were feeling. And I knew that, um, that their, their fear, you know, I mean, they were, they were courageous. They walked through the door and looked at me in the face and saw our two boys who were one and three at the time and thought this could be me, but they still showed up. They still showed up. So um, Gus and I met um, at the end of 2013 and, um, and it was, it was such a great opportunity to be a part of Charlie company. And I showed up constantly and checked in on everyone. And, um, and then in 2015, we decided to start dating. I mean, it, it was, wasn't like just from meeting to that, obviously it evolved from there, but, um, it took us both by surprise, I think. And then there was a lot of, um, a lot of guilt and grief and shame associated with that. Right. He was Mike's friend. He was Mike's teammate. Um, what are we doing? Um, but when I look back on that, you know, when we tell daddy stories, he's very much invested and has his own, you know? Um, and he is, he is a man of God first. He leads by that. Um, he invests in himself in order to show us, um, you know, the best version of himself. And, and he is an incredible father to our boys. And, um, you know, he's just such a selfless, fearless leader. Mm -hmm. Um, and, we, I mean, obviously we went through ups, ups and downs and <laughs> ins and outs and every way, every which way you can think of. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the four of us as a family on our mic every day, even if it's just simply at night when we say to them, daddy loves you, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we always try to keep a positive um, perspective on things. And so, Um, I think that, you know, and I know that we'll have some things to things to talk about, but I think that is also a gift right now as we see what's happening Mm -hmm. in the news to be able to have that, um, that positive and peaceful perspective on everything, um, that has happened. So, no, I know Gus is not the, the first and only, um, man who has done that, um, for you, who has married a gold star with a head kids, um, maybe even that knew, um, you the first husband. Um, but I, I get to know you guys personally and you're just a fantastic couple and we love you guys so much. And you're the real deal. I can say that you're the real deal, both of you and how you love each other, um, and how you love other people and how you live a life of service. And, um, it's, it's just always, um, I think what you guys have created in this new family, it's always just that reminder to me of what it means to love another person and to not fear suffering or grief or growth that, um, you can, that you can continue to find joy after grief, um, regardless Mm -hmm. of what season you're in, just know that that's a huge message there. Um, so let's talk about, um, 
let's talk about what's happening because um, there's a lot of feelings and I really want you to kind of process and talk about how this is impacting you. Um, you texted me, I think it was yesterday. It feels like two days ago already, mm-hmm. but um, I think you texted me yesterday with the question that um, you're hearing from a lot of other people. I know I'm seeing it all over the internet and in the media, which is this question of, was it worth it? And I have so many feelings that are coming um, up in me when that question is posted, just with my husband being having two deployments to Afghanistan mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and his narrative being largely shaped by Afghanistan. But I know that um, your narrative was drastically altered um, by your experience. And so why don't you just kind of start walking us through like what your thoughts have been, um, what comes up in you when you are seeing um, the Taliban kind of take over Afghanistan and this country fall, if you will, and people starting to ask that question? Um, So I don't normally watch the news. I guess I'll start with that (laughs) Um, for a reason. Um, It started many years ago. And, and, but I did, I did happen to see some clips and of course it's all over social media. And and I've been asked multiple times over the last eight years, was it worth it? I've been, um, I've been asked, was it worth it? Because we weren't supposed, you know, we shouldn't have been there anyways. I mean, everybody has their opinions, right? What was your answer before today? Yes. Always. It has to be right. Like it has to be. (laughs) I mean, what do I do if it wasn't right? Like, where do you go from there? If it wasn't worth it, you know? And, um, and I think as we, as we rolled over the last couple of days and, and hearing people continue to, I've never been one to really have a, have a, um, I think I skipped over anger, right? I was never mad that Mike died. I was never mad at the army. I was never mad at the terrorists. Somebody said to me within like two days of him dying, um, you must hate Muslims. I was like, uh, what, why would that ever, ever cross your mind? Mm. You know, why would that ever cross your mind? I mean, these are the things that people say out loud and it's okay because I think that, you know, um, one of the things that's, that's, I think, tried to keep me a little, you know, definitely not steady or stable, I guess, over the last eight years. But one of the things that has kept me is to remember where I came from. Remember what it was like before he was injured. Remember what I, um, what I was aware of. I didn't even know what a gold star family member was. I didn't know what that term was until I became one. And so just to be able to just remember that, and then give grace to people who, um, who say or believe things or have their opinions. And, um, yeah, it's worth it. I mean, I would never have been asked if you could change it, right. If you could go back and change it. I'm like, what, take the honor away from my husband, Mm. take the honor of sacrifices, sacrificing his life for this great nation away from him. Why would I do that? selfishly. Sure. Cause that would, right? that would be the response. Well, selfishly though, wouldn't you want him back? Isn't your right. desire, your want more important than what he died for? Is that the question? Maybe that's the question that they're asking. And, 
you know, I think that I, I, I came into this, this, the last couple of days and yesterday, I think when I texted you, I, I was, I was overwhelmed. I was angry. I was, I had this, I felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. <laughs> it's like, I can't breathe. Um, and I'm not one to encounter anxiety often. So I think maybe that was it, but, um, my anger was, I don't know. Those of you who have no idea what the military community has endured over the last 20 years, you tell me if it's worth it. If you had to choose my husband or yours, is my husband's sacrifice worth it? Hmm. Probably. Like for those who don't understand. Or if, if Corey, if, if, if someone on the outside had to choose, you know, um, uh, my husband as the pastor of this church being on a combat deployment or yours and enduring what Matt has endured over his career. Would it be worth it? Who would they choose? Would they go? Would they say, take me? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to answer know. that question. I mean, it's not right? mine to answer, I guess. No, it's, I mean, I think it's theirs to answer for us, right? When people say to, to you and I, what, is it worth it? I'm like, you tell me. Well, and I someone has someone has to sacrifice. Would you rather it be you? Does. And I, I think um this is what's coming up in me. You tell me if you're feeling the same way. Yeah. Um <clears throat> because it um I I think I also have that anger because f- to see these questions like, is it worth it? Or I mean, I was walking on the treadmill this morning trying to watch the news so I could grasp what everybody's going through, which is so hard to watch, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I understand we're also seeing um, people, like human beings in Afghanistan that are trying to flee the country. And and of course, my heart and my compassion is there too. And and I think Americans need to hear that coming from military families that, Mm -hmm. no, we, we aren't wishing that on a country, right? Um, but to hear people on the news saying things like it's an epic failure uh, is just stabs me in the heart for so many reasons. And and I no one wins yeah. in war. Right, right. right? We no have one been. wins. Well, I mean, oh, wins. Yes. I thought you said yeah. lives in war. I feel like we have been living there for no, 20 years. Yeah. But I mean, like when, when we say, when we say like success or failure, like even if the outcome was what they wanted it to be, we have still lost over 7,000 men and women yeah. and the injuries internal, you know, invisible, invisible injuries are 20 years worth. Oh my goodness. Nobody wins no matter what happens. Yeah. But what we do have is we have 20 years of making an impact on on a country, on the people. I mean, think of the girls who were able to be educated. Mm-hmm. That would have never happened if we weren't there. The lives think, that we have changed. I think before we go there, because I've been thinking about that. Sorry. Too. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want us to go there, but I, I want us to pause for just a second. And I want us to stay where we were just a second ago for just a yeah. minute. Okay. Because I think it's really easy for us to jump into it. Um, all the reasons why it's worth it. And I think that that's the key here is that what comes in a, up in us is this anger of, it, I don't, it, it can't not be worth it. 
-hmm. Like that cannot be a question because of what we've endured, because of what we've seen our spouses endure, because of what we have had to see people overcome in the last 20 years for people, especially on the outside to say, was it worth it? Um, is like taking 20 years of your life and, and almost like erasing it or, Mm -hmm. or making it like it didn't count. Or how do you, how do you take the most difficult, the most challenging years of your life? Like a whiteboard, like a whiteboard and just going and erasing. Okay. That one doesn't matter. And saying like, (laughs) you know what? We shouldn't have done that. Well, that wasn't a choice. That wasn't a choice that we had and we had no other choice, but to dig deep every day and figure out how to adult through it. Mm -hmm. And so for people to suddenly have that opinion so flippantly makes me angry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Gus has had 11 combat deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. Of his 22 years in service, he retires on October 1st. And, um, and we have, we haven't, I'm almost afraid to get into this conversation with him, right? I mean, we touched on it a little bit. And the reason why I'm afraid is because I don't want to hurt him, mm-hmm. right? I don't, want, I don't want him to feel what I'm him? feeling. How would you hurt him? Well, I guess I don't, I don't want to. I mean, they're so good at compartmentalizing. And I know you're going to say that that's going to blow up his face someday. Um, but I just, I guess... I didn't want him to see me hurting over it. And, you know, the one of the, I, I, I said it, I was like, geez, you know, all of these people, um, you know, they're talking about the interpreters and getting the interpreters out. And he's like, what about all the Afghan military and, and police that fought alongside us for 20 years? What about them and their families? That's all he said. Like, what about them too? You know, I mean, just understanding that he worked side by, and I am the least political person you'll ever meet. So, I mean, if I was on a news network right now, we'd be in in trouble. That's why we're doing this here. (laughs) (laughs) But I just think our men and women were invested, not only, it wasn't just a war for them. Mm -mm. And I say just a, I mean, there's never just a war, you know, it's silly, but. Well, um, I, you will talk with Gus, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I've had a lot of spouses reaching out to me, trying to figure out how to talk to their spouses. I'm trying to figure out how to talk to Matt about it too. Mm-hmm. And Matt um, is not, um, as much as I call him my Captain America, he's not that, you know, he's human. Yeah. And um, and he's wrestling with it too. And, and I actually am planning a conversation with him um, right after Krista's because in the, in the same way, it's going to be vulnerable and it's going to be processing and it's not going to be him showing up with all the answers because I want you to hear him processing through some of those questions and some of those feelings that I, that we've been talking about here in our house. Um, but I said to him, you know, I, I think I'm probably going to say it a million times over this series as I'm calling it, but I said to him this morning, um, first of all, we, we can't save everyone, right? We're not God. Um, we're human beings. And 
I also kind of hit this place today where I was talking to him actually on my way home before, um, getting, jumping on with you, Krista. And, and we were processing through it again. And he's like, I feel like everybody is just staring at their computers today. Like nobody is working. And, um, he had several people that reached out and he's going to go and talk with them. And, and one of the things that we identified is, is that, um, you've got to go share your stories. Like you have to go share your stories because sharing those, those stories with each other reminds you of that you were there. It wasn't just a dream and, Mm -hmm. and that, um, there's good times and there's bad times and there's the meaning that you brought out of that and connecting with someone who is also there that's sharing in that same grief helps, I think. But I think I, but what I also shared, and I wanted your perspective on it, Krista, especially as you're thinking about how to talk with Gus about it is we have for the last 10 years of this 20 year ordeal, we've been begging for a break. We've been, we are, we've been so tired, our entire force, our families, we've watched our spouses. I know we at home are tired and exhausted and we've been begging for a break. And we could argue all day long of whether or not it's being handled the right way or whatever. Um, but this is going to take a transition. We're going to have a lot of feelings about this and we're going to have to figure out what it means to like, how do you put arms down when that's all you've known your entire career is to just go on the next mission, go on the next mission. Like don't even have an opinion about it. Just, and maybe that's why they may struggle with, was it worth it? Because maybe they couldn't give themselves a chance to really think about it. That's a question I'll ask Matt maybe. But now we, we have an opportunity to rest and that is, that does not have to be negative and it's not selfish and it's not, um, wrong. And, and it's, and I know it's hard because we're watching a country of people that are hurting and it seems wrong. Even for me to say that out loud, like, dare we rest while another country is struggling? Um, but we really need to rest. So I'd love to know, Krista, what your thoughts are. I mean, you're right. We've been begging for for rest. The app tempo has been outrageous, you know, whether they're gone three months, six months, 365, um, whatever that looks like. But, you know, Gus and I got married in 2017. And um, as you talked about earlier, I, 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 talk about planning for the unexpected and the importance of estate planning and wills and powers of attorney and having those conversations with your spouse. And so, you know, I say we got married and two weeks later we planned our funerals. And then two weeks after that he deployed and, um, you know, that deployment, um, he came home in 2017 and I could see the weight you know, um, I could see the weight and the, the, um, I don't want to call it a burden, but I guess that burden of, there was so much that I wanted to do for them and I couldn't for whatever reason, you know, and I just want, I want everybody to just sit back, take a breath and I want them to understand that what's happening right now and what you hear in the media and the questions that are being answered and the, is it worth it? And was it for nothing? And was it in vain? And was it this? And was it that? And I want you to, 
to tune them out and don't allow it because that is evil. And that's when they win. That's when they win. Why is that? Because, because I think that the, the questioning of the, the, um, the questioning of the work that we've done and the people that we've saved and the, um, the opportunities that we've been able to provide. I mean, 20 years ago, this isn't what it looked like. And maybe, you know, who knows what the next 20 years is going to look like, but it wasn't for nothing. I won't allow it to be for nothing. Cause then what do I tell my kids? Right. I mean, then what, what do I tell them? I mean, Gabriel, who's nine, two nights ago, um, laid on the couch over here and he was holding a picture of Mike and he was just looking at it, you know? And I said, what are you doing, bud? Just looking at daddy. I really miss him. And I said, oh, I miss him too. And he said, why did he have to go? Mm. (sighs) What do you say? Because that's what everybody's asking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I told him because it's something that, that he believed in, that helping others as part of his DNA, you know, and the, the, the military family, the military family business that it was that, I mean, right. It wasn't, it wasn't like he said he, he planned it, right. He didn't say, Oh, we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm saying that there's going to be a war and I'm saying that my unit is going to go, you know, he obviously didn't do that, but, um, you know, I try to explain that God chooses each of us to do something different, right? And we, all of us are going to endure suffering one way or the other, no matter what it is. And this is what he's given us. You know, this is what he's given us. That's not bad. That's not good. That's not, you know, good, bad or indifferent. This is, this is what we have. And, you know, I've always said that my kids get to say that their daddy died a hero. They get to say that. They'll always get to say that. It'll never be taken away from them Mm -hmm. ever, you know, you know, um, as you were talking, I was thinking about how, I think one of the things that we failed to do in this country in the last 20 years is um, perhaps um, perhaps we failed to put out the why for 20 mm-hmm. years, right? Like how, how many stories have we had of bridges being built of, um, you know, again, on the treadmill this morning, there was this one clip of them interviewing some Afghanistan, um, females, some women, um, and their fears and their thoughts with everything that's happening. And, and the piece ended, the segment ended with them saying, we refuse to lose what we have gained, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. through their education, through what was, both- they can't wipe their brains. They can't, no. they can't ever take that from them. No. And, and Matt was actually working out to the, to the side while I was watching that. And 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 i said it, it even if they lose their life trying mm-hmm. it that was worth it mm-hmm. 
And perhaps we, perhaps we here in America and the media at large failed to communicate the why in the first place, because those are the stories that we need for our kids, for our own hearts to remember. It was never about turning Afghanistan into another America. This was about trying to free a people, trying to protect um, a gender or the children yeah. that were there, giving them the right to have that education. And we will never fully know the people that were invested in that grew up in that, in those 20 years who have a leader's mindset, who have a different course or just had a f- extra years on their life that they may never have had. Right. Like those are the stories that I think that we need. Like we need to have the stories of like, where's the orphanages that I can invest in from here, right? right. Like where are the programs that I can invest in from here? Like there are, are, there are ways for us to continue, I think that story and that mission, but it was, that has to be worth something, mm-hmm. right? And we can't, you know, I, I think what we see is fear, right? Extreme fear. And um, we can't be overcome by that. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be um, overcome by fear and grief and guilt and all of those emotions. I mean, and anger and, you know, I mean, because then the, then the narrative changes, then the story changes, then the honor is different. And the, and the reason or the why gets distorted, right? Mm-hmm. If we allow all of those negative um, outside influences to impact us, I think. What do you need people to say to you? Like if people are asking, um, what do those, well, okay. We definitely know that there are people, there are service members that are struggling with Mm -hmm. um, the fact that they have lost somebody important to them. Um, like Mike, right? So we know that there are those service members that are struggling and what do they say about that, right? And no one, I well, I don't want to say no one, but you hold a key to that, right? Because I think that you and the other gold star wives who have been through that ultimate loss of, mm-hmm. of daily living in that loss bring such beautiful meaning Right. Um, and it, and I've seen it relieve the hearts of service members who carry that guilt, that survivor's guilt already, um, mm-hmm. that are probably already asking right now, um, was that worth it? I know that's what Matt has brought up. Was it, was it worth Tyler's life? Because that was one of the most painful for him and Mace. Like, how do you, we had just gotten to a place where we were like, okay, like, look at the good that's come from since then, right? We have to bring and telling that story and and encouraging other people, but here we are wrestling with it again. So what would you first say to those service members that are struggling with that? What would you, what would you encourage them with? Or you don't have to encourage them. You can join them, you know, right? That's okay too. I mean, I think one of the things over the last eight years that has, that has, I guess, mobilized my efforts has been their pain right? Has been their, um, their feeling of, um, guilt, which I, I, I wish, I wish that I could just take all of that from them. Right. Like uh, why him and not you? I don't, no one can answer that. No one can answer that for you. What about all of the, the service members that suffer and then die by suicide? I mean, I, I just want to relieve them of that part. 
And I wish there was, I wish there was something that I could do. You know, I mean, I just try every day to say and do and be transparent and share my story and show that there's light at the end of the tunnel or on the other side, or that we're not sitting in the darkness or, um, that there is such good, that there is such good that comes out of, of, of what we deem bad things. Mm -hmm. Right. But you know, it's also, I hear that my first thought that I think of, and I think some of those service members would say, it's not about me though. It's you, like you experience mm. the worst of that loss. No, are you kidding me? They suffer today because of it. I mean, yes. I mean, do we suffer from the loss of Mike? Yes. But Mike didn't have to come back and suffer. And me as his wife, you know, um, there is that like selfish. I wish that I could see his face as, as he sees our boys grow and all the things that they're accomplishing. But there is that, then that selfless piece of me, like I, we marry and our prime goal is to get our spouse to heaven. And I pray that I did that. <laughs> Because that's where I find peace. Mm-hmm. Is that he's not suffering and he doesn't feel the suffering like we do here. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just I wish that there was a way for us to kind of reframe our service members' minds to say, okay, what happened happened. What what we did, what we didn't do, how we did it, how we didn't do it. Right. And move forward and know that that the only way for us to use that is to use that or for it to be worth it is to use it for good going forward. That's how it's worth it. What do you need as people are trying to think about our gold star wives and gold star moms right now? Gold star husbands, everybody that's lost somebody and siblings. Yeah. Siblings siblings. get left out all the time. All the time. Um, What do people say? What do you need to hear or what do you need from others? You know what I loved? I mean, I was inundated with um, text messages and and, um, messenger messages. Those are called, but messages from people that just said, thinking about you. I love you. You know? there was no, these are my thoughts about it. There was no, this is my opinion. There was none of that. It was just like, you're on my heart. I feel it. You know, I do, I feel it, but you know, those, um, and what that does, I think for, for me is it gives me an opportunity to then respond with how I want to care for them, mm-hmm. you know, and how I'm thinking about them. And, and, and their, um, their struggles, right? I think that we, there was a, um, someone left a message in our, in our steel mags group the other day, which is part of the Greenberry Foundation, the sisterhood of the Greenberry Foundation. And um, they just said, thinking about, you know, all of our, all of our soft families um, struggling right now with what's, what's going on. And I said, okay, Ladies, like now we have to figure out a way to care for our husbands because they may not know what they're feeling. They may not know what the next step is. They may feel like 
oh my goodness, like send me, I'm ready to go again. Mm-hmm. They're not being sent. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- like you said, where do they go? What do they do? Do they just sit home and watch it happen? They're not used to doing that. Right. And how do we care for them? And, um, and nurture that and, and take care of our families and, and really just kind of be the pillar of strength that, that they need us to be. Well, and, and before I kind of go with that and talk about, um, families, cause I really want to ask, you know, what you think about what spouses are needing right now. Cause boy, are things just blowing up online? At least I know I'm seeing it. I'm sure you're seeing it as well. Spouses yeah. are also very much struggling right now. Um, just to be super raw and honest here with you, Krista, I think when, when people ask, is it, was it worth it? Like, there's no way, there's no way I could look at your life and say that it was worth that happening to Mike. And I think that that's also what people are struggling with because you are, I think, are able to find an answer to that. But how dare I say that about your life or someone else's life? And so I don't have an answer for that. And so I think that's also what people are struggling with because I can answer for my life, whether or not it's worth it and whether or not we're bringing meaning out of it. But there's no way I, does that make sense? There's no way I can look into your life and go, it has to be worth it. That had to be worth it. Does that make sense? Well, that's why we have to, I think we, we have to just go on by saying like, maybe that's the perspective. Like that's the, that's the perspective. And it's, it's looking at our own situation, acknowledging it and coming to the terms with the fact that it was worth it, that the suffering was worth it. Why? Because it's not for, I mean, it's, it's selfless. You have to take that selfless perspective. Otherwise, when you turn it in and you're like, no, because then all of a sudden you, you know, I mean, I could say, right. It wasn't worth it. I lost my husband, my children lost their father. Right. We, we, we regrieve. Mm. So true. Somebody said to me, regrieve with every developmental stage. We regrieve with every developmental stage. Right. My, you know, like I said, two days ago, my son was, was crying because he missed his father that he actually doesn't really remember mm-hmm. like himself. He doesn't have his own memories of that. Right. And it's always going to be, there's always going to be that loss, but I say you're worth it. Right. I mean, we all have to just look at it and say, my suffering is worth is worth it. My suffering for someone else's peace is worth it. Mm-hmm. We have to. I mean, I know that it sounds like roses and you know rainbows or daisies and whatever. I mean, or no, it doesn't. I mean, it sounds like a lot have of hard work. <laughs> well, I mean, you have yeah, you have to like right. You have to coach yourself through it every morning, every day, every like morning till night, and it's a choice. It's a conscious conscious choice. I'll tell to you to have that perspective. Another, um, another group that's on my heart are spouses. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's a varying range of spouses and their experiences and what, what it means, but specifically those who have, whose narratives or stories have been impacted by deployments to Afghanistan, um, 
and those experiences are just so varied. Um, but it's, you know, one of the reasons why I'm going to have a, a caregiver as also part of the series, because, yeah, you know, I think for however long you've been, especially a caregiver to someone who came home injured or with, um, trauma or those invisible wounds or the daily struggle of being a caregiver and, and having to already have come to terms with the fact that this country, this war, this, um, this, this whole experience just shifted your whole story as a couple and what you as a spouse are having to do day in, day out as an act of love and service to your spouse. And they're already exhausted. They're already, um, needing respite. Right. And now here comes this big blow of like the whole country is falling and we're, you know, everybody's asking, was it worth it? Is it worth it? All of that. And um, so my heart is with these spouses who are already exhausted. And, you know, whenever you're, you know, we use the word, the acronym HALT, what is that? Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired we're never going to act well. Like we're never going to be our best selves. Right. And our whole community is halt, like hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, our whole community. So, (laughs) so I think I need people listening to this to remember as you seeing these reactions that are coming out on social media, whether it's anger or intense need, or just all the feels it's coming out of a very hungry, angry, lonely, tired group of people who may not have their best words right now, but what would you say, Krista, to that spouse who is already in that place of need that is trying to wrestle with, um, with what's happening, what's coming across your newsfeed, your email box, what are people asking for? You know, I haven't put anything. I, I knew that texting you was a safe place, right? I shared my, um, my feelings directly with a, um, a spouse who is a caregiver because I saw her post and I think everybody has, has a right to share how they feel whenever they want. I'm always just very guarded, mm-hmm. um, because I know that if I feel that elephant sitting on my chest, that what comes out, I, I don't know. I just always want to try and process my feelings a little bit more before I react and share them because, um, cause they can hurt people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, and I know that it's, um, you know, sometimes people want, people want to hear that, you know, or we're crushed by this for whatever, you know, whatever reasons, but I, for my own mental health and my own sanity and for my children and for my husband. And, um, I think that I want, I want people to just sit back and kind of process things for a minute, um, and be careful about what they share publicly or comments that they make. If you see something out there that, um, you know, that is, that, that makes you angry, just pass it by. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
I don't know if that answered your question, but I, you know, I see so much of, um, I see the pain and the, um, the suffering that is, that is happening. And I wish that I could just take it away. And, um, I don't want to add to it because my words will never be adequate. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to share something until, until I can craft something. And that's why, right. I texted you safe place. I know that, that, that I can share my true raw feelings with you and, um, and that you will care for them. Mm-hmm. so well well and I appreciate that you're you're a safe person to me as well and I I think that our spouse community was just maybe beginning to learn how to take care of themselves and take that break mm-hmm. and I think part of what I think might be happening whether you're a spouse who's just been through like 11 deployments like Krista has talked about mm-hmm. Or um, whether you're a caregiver, a veteran spouse, um, I think when you're already tired and then something like this happens, I loved the way that you called it, Krista, where it's like a a new opportunity to grieve. It's a new developmental stage. This is a new Mm -hmm. development of that war, you know, of that country. And and it's time to regrieve it. I think that there is resentment building or fear or anxiety building in the spouse culture, because when you then see your spouse is your service member isn't, or your veteran is starting to struggle with this decision, with this transition, with trying to figure out how to sit on the couch and not do Mm -hmm. something about it when they're wrestling and having that existential conversation in their head of like, you know, was my injuries worth it? Was the loss worth it? Like all of those things that are going on in these service members. I, I think that that creates a massive amount of anxiety for the spouses who are already weary to now have to dig deep and figure out how do I help my spouse through something like this? When I'm already tired, I wasn't prepared for another like kind of wave or a blow of having to process this when um, maybe there was hope that we were starting to get better. Maybe we had kind of just figured out how we could bring meaning out of it. That's that's hard. I think for if I I, if I could be bold enough to say that for our spouses who would not say it out loud, cause it sounds selfish maybe to say, I don't, right. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go yeah. through processing it. I don't want to go through hearing about it again. I don't want to see him dip into a depression. I don't want to have to figure out how to dig deep and encourage him through it and cast vision for it and like encourage them on it. And like, mm-hmm. let's get out of bed. Let's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that I'm tired. I'm tired. It's, and it's yeah. a selfish thing to say, as that's how we're feeling. That's but it's okay, I, because we need to be selfish. We need to care for ourselves, right? In order to be our best selves for them. So for a minute, right? Take that time. Don't just, like I would say, don't just breeze over it. Mm-hmm. Take the time that you need. Know that you're going to have to get on the other side of that, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to mobilize yourself to do something. But, you know, I'm with you. I'm tired. I've only watched, I think, two, maybe three news clips. I mean, there's a reason why I don't watch the news. Because I don't want to put that energy there. I mean, and just overall, not just the past few days, because I don't want to put my energy there because you never know what you're going to see and the truth and the whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I let Gus do that <laughs> side of it, you know. 
but you know, I mean, figure out and then figure out what you're willing to do. And it's okay if it's this much, it's okay if it's, you know, bigger. What incredible influence they have though, right? Into their home, into their family. You know, I think I've, I think I've reached a point that, um, you know, we used to, if you've read sacred spaces, there's that part where we used to use the phrase fourth quarter, it's almost done. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we've reached that place in our forties where it's like, it doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. (laughs) You you just have to. How many quarters are there? There are (laughs) until the segments are done. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There is no stopping. There are moments of rest. There are moments of taking a breather and you should be taking those. There should be moments yeah. of play. There should be moments of turning off the TV. There should be right. Yeah. Um, but you know, we don't get to, we don't get to stop adulting. Mm. There's consequences for that, right? Could. There are. Yeah. But Krista, Definitely. let me tell me, um, what else has been on your mind? What else has been on your mind to process for you? Um, I I think I automatically um, jump into, okay, how how are we going to be able to help with this, right? With the the organizations that I serve with, and um, and then just me as an individual, and how do we, you know, pivot is overused, but how do we pivot now, um, and and recognize but not dwell in this space Mm -hmm. right recognize that there's there's a change emotions are changing um perspective is changing and how do we identify that and help them um move forward and um you know i obviously i mean this conversation right here has helped me get through so much of what I've been feeling and saying it out loud and, 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 and getting to the point, okay, what's my to-do list going forward? Right. So I would, I would encourage um, people talk to somebody that you feel safe with that hasn't, that there's no judgment, no matter what you say and no matter how they think of things Mm -hmm. and, um, and be able to kind of figure out what the next steps are moving forward. Don't, don't live here. Don't feel like the last 20 years are wasted. Can I ask a tough question? Mm-hmm. Um, what if, what if Afghanistan does fall? Like what if it becomes, I mean, what everybody's saying, it's going to be, a you know, if it's a terrorist nation, if, if the people are, um, harmed and, um, it becomes that unsafe place again. Like, um, I'm not asking, was it worth it? I think I'm, I'm asking, will that shift your perspective on Mike losing Mike, his efforts while he was there? Will, will the long-term success of Afghanistan impact your opinion or maybe not your opinion, but your, um, how you look back and and process what you've been through. No. Why? Because we, we can't erase, we can't take away the impact that they made. We can't take away, like we said, the, the women who were given opportunities, you know, I mean, 
that's never going to, I won't let that change. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of a, of a similar, something like an analogy. Um, I mean, say you have a gallon of milk, right? And you have one glass of milk and it's so good and it's so cold and you drink it and it's delicious, right? And you, um, and, and you go back and the next time you pour out of that gallon of milk, it's sour. Mm. Does it change how the first glass of milk tasted? Do you look back and go, well, the first glass of milk didn't taste as good as I felt like it did in that moment? No, it doesn't. That first glass of milk was delicious. Mm-hmm. It quenched your thirst and did whatever you needed to do, you know? Um, and. And I don't mean to say, you know, we just throw Afghanistan out like we would a gallon of sour milk, but um, we move forward. And I mean, it is not my lane or my job to strategically think about what's going to happen next, right? Mm-hmm. All I can do is pray. And, and I can support those who are suffering. I can support those who need us and who what's what's in my lane right i mean i can worry myself about tomorrow but is that worth it no mm-hmm. absolutely not and so i think that um you know we're in chaos and confusion and emotional array um or disarray for a little bit let it happen Um, but we are resilient and I know that people don't like that term, but we know how to feel like we are in chaos and pull back from that and move forward and leave that chaos behind us. Mm -hmm. We know how to do that. And we're going to do that with this. We are going to do that. No matter what happens in the future, we have to remember that yesterday we still made an impact and we can't, we can't erase that. And no one can take that away from us. Krista, you are um, such a gift in my life. And one of the best things that, I mean, there's so many wonderful things that you do and, um, and encourage me. Um, You know, one of the biggest ones is you've never um, minimized my, any pain or suffering I've been through. Um, you never make me feel like mine is lesser than, or, or whatever. Like you always give me that permission uh-huh. that suffering is suffering and it's subjective and it's what you're going through and it matters. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's what everybody's going through right now is different levels of suffering and that whatever you're feeling, it is valid to you and it is something worth processing. Um, and it matters. And, um, and you've just, that message alone has been so wonderful for me in my life to have a friend like you that, um, that has also been through something so significant that reminds me that there's, there can be joy on the other side. There really can be joy. And I don't think joy is supposed Mm -hmm. to be like 24 seven, like that's attainable. I think, you know, the daily struggle. And I think that, um, various seasons of suffering, um, are meant joy and suffering can coexist together. Yeah. That's, and that's even to be open for it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, um, I, I remember watching, um, you know, Michael make his first communion and I thought like for us, that's so significant. Your son. Right. And it's yes. And it's so special. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my goodness, this is such a joyful moment for him. This is so incredible. And at the same time, I was sobbing because I wished that Mike could be there to see it. I knew he was, but I wish I could see his face, Mm -hmm. right? And those existed together. And I would never minimize the joy that I had in that moment for my son Mm -hmm. and for his experience, you know, and for his sacrament. I wouldn't minimize it because I was sad that Mike wasn't with us. Mm-hmm. So we just have to, I think that as an, as a, as a community, we have to learn more of how to allow, because I think, you know, your first instinct, when you're grieving about something, the moment that joy comes in, you feel guilty that you're joyful about anything. Cause you should be right. You should be grieving. Mm-hmm. No, they can, I mean, they come together. Mm-hmm. So many people need to hear that today. Um, Krista, I love you. Thank you for being love honest and for um, jumping on with something so vulnerable and just processing it through with me. Um, I know I needed to hear what you had to say. And um, I hope it was encouraging to others of you that were that are listening. Um, I hope it gives you words. I think that's that's our goal is that it gives you words, whether you're talking to your spouse or a friend or a buddy, um, a family member, um, mm-hmm. someone who has gone through loss and has been deeply affected by um, their time in Afghanistan. So Krista, thank you so much for your friendship and your mission and your passion to serve people and to bring purpose out of your pain. Um, I'm so thankful for your presence in my life. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to talk through this and heal. Thank you for listening to the Life Giver Podcast. If you're enjoying these episodes, please share the podcast with other service couples that may benefit from the show. If you'd like more information about me or Life Giver, head on over to coreyweathers.com or life-giver.org.